You are time for you. Hold on. Me have time for you. Crosses. Me have time for you. Time for no jail time, that a waste time Mine for my money and my money for my mind They shot at them a free the dollar sign They shot at them a free the dollar sign Anyway you see me at any given time Yo, welcome back to the Fix Podcast, episode 249 A special podcast again I mean, because we have a special person Yeah In the building Which we'll get to know much more about <laughs> Financial advisor Educator and farmer video fix it. Kalila Reynolds in the building, people. Yay! AKA okay, the go. money Jenna. Yeah, wait, I oh, see Zine. the merch too. I'm like, yeah, I have the hat too. I have the hat over there. The money Jenna hat and everything. I came dressed there. I have the boots and everything. You have yeah. merch with your sayings coming now. You have your saying. Let's everything. Get this, let's, let's get this money. Everything. Yeah, I have. I, have t- I brought t shirts for you guys. Man, that's the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, I come prepared, fully branded you all the time. from Stone Cold, though. Which teeth what? That, that, that slogan there. That's, that's the bottom line. line. Yeah. No, I didn't even know he said that. It's an so accounting Steve term. Austin, yeah, the rest like used to say that all the time. I know who Steve Austin is, but I didn't know he used to say that. Yeah. I, that's an accounting term, the bottom line. Well, refers, that, I know that it refers term. to profits. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I was there want to say for that. So that's where I got it so, from. Mm, we tie in with financially as well. Yeah. Or maybe Steve Austin stole it from financial people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so top line refers to revenue, bottom line is profits. Uh-huh. That's where it originates. Uh-huh. Well, they see not at me. Now you know. know that either. Okay, okay. No, nice. All right, cool. Good, thanks for joining us, though, Kelly. Anytime. Congratulations on 249 episodes. That's amazing. You, you know, when him said it, was like, geez. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, wow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> like sometimes you just are going at even real life. On taking stock, we're at 189. Where are we, Izzy? 180, 182. Now, we've okay. been going for almost four years. So that yeah. means you've oh. been doing it even longer than that. Which yeah, is, People feel like you can just grow overnight. They look at your channel like, oh, so many subscribers, so many mm. followers. But you don't realize how much work it come from day it's one. It's 249 is a big, big number. Thank yeah, we started you. the channel what, um, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And we started the podcast. It's uh, probably about five, six years ago. No, ago. seven. Uh, seven yeah, exactly. Seven yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's been a while. But well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> and we're, as we said, we're 249 and we wanted to, but you know, so diversify. No, this is not portfolio, but we wanted to, you know, like change up the content a little bit. And, you know, Nara and I we came across your, your content like all the time on social media and just like money and money. And it's like, we love money, but we really don't know money. Yeah, so that's exactly. why we reach out to you. Most people. Yes. And we were talking off camera and say like, you literally started out because you were have you were in the same position where most people are right now, where you were reporting on financial, um, I guess, what's happening in Jamaica, financial happenings. And you, you, you too yourself was unfamiliar with the terms. You weren't really aware. You know, you read and you're still kind of right. unsure. And is that how you begin your journey into Right. So I started out as a regular journalist, you know, mm-hmm. me dodge mm-hmm. bullet down at Tivoli Garden, you know. Really? I need to show you that clip too. Yeah, Wait, I was down there. Yes. I was down there. Really? Yup. 
Oh, yeah. No, you weren't in the car. Y'all don't know Kalila Reynolds. You weren't in getting the car. I wasn't getting the car. I was the day after getting the car. Really? But I was literally, I'll share the clip. You need to play the clip. Yeah, the day after. And that influenced me because I remember when I saw that in the newsroom, all of us were, I was at CVM at the time. And we saw get in the car, get in the car. It was a laughing stock, right? And so I made a mental note that if I was in that situation during the, you know, reporting, I would just calmly finish my sentence and wrap up and leave right yeah. and that's exactly what I did so everybody's like oh you're the girl who never flinched when yeah. bullets are flying on a Tivoli <laughs> so I was known for that yeah. at the time I wasn't married yet so mm-hmm. I was Kalila Enriquez oh yeah and yeah. I, I was also known for reporting on the Spanish town Dopi so, <laughs> I think I remember that the too. Dopey story, though, that. Spanish tone. But the I guy, the boy who was, the boy who was on the chair, and then Dopey pull his leg and pull the chair back. That was my story. No, I'm, I'm not remembering <laughs> that. And that was that was viral before even viral was even a term. It like goes viral. It goes viral yeah. like at least once a year. Yeah, somebody true. just repost it and you know, come with it again. Is this it? She I has it on her channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So many things. So I've been a journalist for a minute. Yes. Slash video vixen. Yes, we have to get into that before we go anywhere further. Uh, I've been in this industry for a minute. Being a video vixen. And what videos were you in? So the only reason I brought it up is because at because of the location we yeah. are today, what Tenny West King South Road, and it brought back memories because we used to shoot videos here. Mm-hmm. So I'd been in a couple of videos with Jay Will, mm-hmm. hot um, music video director. I did not all of it, not here, but I remember coming to an audition here mm-hmm. like 10, 15 years ago, a long oh. time ago. And so I did <laughs> some of them you might remember, some you may not. So there was one called um, fresh by, by Flex, Flex. Mm-hmm. who was associated with Bounty Killer's crew. We're yes. just watching so that, that before interesting we started. One. Yeah, we were licking, licking the ice cream. Interesting one. I was licking some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it was so hot, so I had to lick the ice cream quick. And they're telling me, lick the ice cream slow and sexy, but the ice cream was melting. So Wow. <laughs> so there was that. I was in Lucky Man by Courtney John. So they say uh, she's a lucky man. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah King and Queen with Alison Hines and oh, uh, Richie Spice. Richie Spice was big yeah. at the time. Um, a few others, some commercials as well. So I how did, did you get into that? It was just, I just, I think I just showed up at an audition one day. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. I think I just so changed, they had like a casting call. On the CBM, like being a reporter? Like it was, it was just before, yeah. Just so before. I used to work at Hype TV. Mm-hmm. I used to work at RETV. So I was in the entertainment space at that time. Oh, so your goal was always to be in media. like that's, Right. Yeah. So actually, so I'm originally from Belize. Mm-hmm. And I studied journalism in New York at Fordham oh. University. And then I went back home to Belize mm-hmm. and did journalism in Belize, like hardcore journalism, wow. news news uh-huh. and then i came to jamaica to to continue my education at ue mm-hmm. so i went to caramac did my masters while i was doing that i had a lot of free time on my hands because it was a part-time program mm-hmm. but i'm here full-time so most of the other students had jobs yeah so they work in the day we go to class in the evening six to nine o'clock three times a week mm-hmm. so i had lots of free time and i'm like let me find some stuff to do so that's how i ended up trying to get a job started working at i think re was first and then hype and then in the midst of all that, I did, you know, some video work and commercials and stuff. 
And then when that was, you know, after a while, I finally got into hard news, which is what I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, so came to Jamaica, you never have no family here. Like, there's no- right. So you came all by, all by, I did. by yourself? I did. Wow. How was that transition, though? It was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was different. Hmm. I was literally telling somebody yesterday, I was telling my daughter that when I first came to Jamaica, I was under the impression that everybody could dance on their head top. Like, I thought that was a normal thing. Like, you go to a dance, you go to a party, and all the women are just invert. So did you start start training yourself? I still can't do it. I did try, (laughs) I did practice on my bed a few times, but... Wow. Yeah. Got my next question. It's core strength. It's all in the core. Yeah, if you ever try to use that that in in, in any of the music videos. Auditions. But wait, I'm not what the was best your, dancer. So is it that the, the music videos that you saw from Jamaica coming to Belize at the time was all women on them head top? That was what you... Probably. I, for some reason, I had that impression mm-hmm. of dancehall culture being just this raw head top dancing. Yeah. That's the impression I had. And I was mm-hmm. like, if, but I mean, you went to school in <clears throat> New York. Like, why you never continue in New York? Because most people... Because I always wanted to go back home and okay. to to give back to you know Belize, mm-hmm. work in the community. That was always my goal, mm-hmm. to learn as much as I could in the mm-hmm. developed nation, bring that knowledge back home to the community. But why, so what, did you ever go back to Belize? I did, I and did. I worked in news for a few years mm-hmm. before I came to Jamaica. So why you came back to Jamaica? I ended up being the news editor, I'll tell you why. So I went back to Belize, Belize is a small country, mm-hmm. population at the time, about 300,000. And I went back to Belize with my nice degree in journalism, being one of very few people with a degree in journalism at 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And within three months, I was promoted to news editor and I was hosting the morning show. Wow. So that's a major promotion. I thought those things would take me like 10 years to work to get towards these goals. And Mm. I got those jobs in three months. Mm. And so what do you do when you max out in your career at 22? (laughs) <laughs> like what's wow. the next thing yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so at the time being this i'm a novice journalist mm-hmm. i have the the education but i'm just learning in the field mm-hmm. i wanted to learn more and i knew that even though i have the book knowledge i still need to learn you know there was a lot that i wanted to learn i knew i could learn more but there was nobody there to teach me because mm-hmm. i and i already maxed out in my career like after news editor where do you get promoted to that that's the highest position really? other than management mm-hmm. and i didn't want to be in management mm-hmm. after hosting the morning show like what else is there to do so, so how long did you um host and be the editor so i was Belize? for about three years okay three years mm-hmm. and after that i'm like you know what i need a new challenge mm-hmm. uh let's do jamaica caramac is here and i also knew that I didn't want to go back to New York because the things that we learned there, I found weren't really applicable to our society. So they're teaching Mm -hmm. you how to operate in newsrooms with hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. While I'm in Belize, sometimes I was the newsroom. (laughs) There were times when it was just me. There's like a newsroom of about three people is typical. Mm -hmm. If you have five five reporters in a newsroom in Belize, that's a lot. Mm And they're teaching you like to use all this equipment that that doesn't even exist. We were using cassettes at the time. You have to queue up your ads manually with your pencil. And I was just, you know, funny. <laughs> I was just about to ask you to like if the, the the equipment that you were learning in New York it was way advanced than way way yeah, yeah. what you said yeah yeah. So you said cassette way for. Mm-hmm. So you get the you learn how to look at the yeah you you look at the cassette and yeah. that's how you queue up your ads for the yeah. commercial break. You look at the cassette and you can see where the white part ends on the strip and yeah. you just take yep. the pencil and queue it up right to that spot. 
And you know that's exactly where the, the ad is gonna start. Yeah, I was like, most Gen Z is like, what? Now I feel so old saying that. Like my kids are like, cassette. What's that? That hurts. That must hurt. We want to circle back to the dopey story, though. Are you covering that? Because. Yeah, that that story was, as we say, it was viral all over it was the place. Viral. Were you actually viral. on the Every scene? Every year it goes viral and people tag me in it and be like, that Kalila, that's you. <laughs> Were you on the scene for real? I was not on the scene. Oh, okay. So that story was sent to us by a reporter, a video reporter in Spanish town named Gio. Okay. I forget his full name, but I know Gio was a correspondent for CVM. Okay. And so sometimes we would get tapes from our correspondents in the communities like mm-hmm. Maypen, West Milan, Spanish Town, Gio was our, our, our guy on the ground. And he sent in the tape, which was on mini DV tape at the time. And it got assigned to me. So I'm watching this video. I was like, this is foolishness. This is, what is this? Like, is this real news? No way. And everybody come wrong, start watch the video. So I, I was showing it I'm to like sure other reporters in the news. I'm like, you guys believe this? And we were there, watched like all afternoon. No other news never came. <laughs> Nobody else was paying attention to their assignments because we're all watching it, rewinding it, playing it in slow motion, trying to figure out if this thing is is Great. real. So, it, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Even though I wasn't on the scene, just being the one who had to write that story mm. and sift through the whole sequence of things was a lot. It's so safe to say that you're not superstitious. Not really, but that mm. video made me question something no, because like i was wondering like when you when you you, ha- you get this assignment you have to report on it and present it to the people when you yourself not really sure about it like what what was going through your head at the time is like hmm do i is it as a question is this is this really news like how you present that if you're really unsure about what you're so presenting i decided to use the technique of asking a question okay mm-hmm. so i was like like the talk of is this a is this a <laughs> is this real or is this acting by a clever boy mm-hmm. or something like that? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I was able to get away with it. Okay, and then but well, I want you say you want to circle, but I just wanted to go back to like once you decided that you wanted to move from Belize, come to Jamaica and learn. Like, was it different to like that transition coming to to Jamaica where you said that sometimes you were the only one in the news? editing room like was it the same here in jamaica so so jamaica had some of some of the similar issues mm-hmm. but coming from belize where it was even smaller like i remember when i started at cvm they're like oh we don't have a lot of resources and i'm like y'all have so many resources <laughs> look at this you guys have all these cameramen on standby and we don't have nothing like that wow. in belize you know mm-hmm. so to me it seemed like they had a lot mm-hmm. but from from their perspective they felt like they didn't have a lot because i knew how to work with outdated equipment set you know i would make it work no matter no matter what we figured out a way to make it work with little to no resources Mm -hmm. so coming here it felt like you had more but then also there's the other comparison of working in new york Mm -hmm. well uh, going to school in new york and seeing what resources they have there Mm -hmm. but it was interesting um there was a little bit of a culture shock right coming from a small society to jamaica like i said i thought everybody danced on their head top um (laughs) jamaicans are many jamaicans are naturally aggressive Mm -hmm. people so learning how to not be offended not be offended mm-hmm. how to you know understand the intonations mm-hmm. that people aren't trying to be rude it's mm-hmm. just how you talk mm-hmm. um learning how to cause some clot <laughs> it's, it's a prerequisite it is a pre- yeah. it really is yeah. so i remember one time i was down in i was in half a tree yeah 
and I needed to catch the taxi, the, the route taxi, go back to Mona, go by UA campus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know the area, but Mona taxi, Augustown taxi is um, right behind the bus, right behind the park. Jen, but, um, yeah, right, yeah. right around there. Yeah. So, and there's a bus park in the front mm-hmm. that goes downtown. Yeah. No, so I'm past, walking past the bus park. And this conductor literally grabs my That's arm. That's a loader man. That looks like a loader, loader man. man. Mm-hmm. Grabs my arm, trying to bring Pulling me in the, the bus. bus. And I'm like, I was brand, brand new. So I was like, here a week, I don't know nothing. And I was like, what would a Jamaican do? What would a Jamaican do? Blah, 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 blah. Stop custom class. That's let exactly me go. what we would do. Yes, yes. See, I was like, Khalila, think quick. <laughs> what would a Jamaican do? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, they're not cost that in Belize, though. Um, not really. Yeah. It's not. It's not considered a real bad word. Like people don't realize that it's a real bad word in Jamaica. Yeah, it really yeah, is yeah. offensive to say it here What's in Belize. Like, so- people say it as a joke. Like oh. if if somebody would say it, they would say it, like it wouldn't get censored on the radio because it's not a bad word there. Really, mm. people would say it and think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's in like America, in US, if yeah, you're going yeah, to America, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same. So I can't ask what is a Belizean bad word. We have some of the same ones. Like, like, oh, like fuck and yeah, mm, and well, Ra- Ras is also a Belizean, a bad okay. word in Belize. Mm. Yeah. Okay, mm. well, that's I don't think <laughs> Belizean is our sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we have a very similar culture, you know. Yeah. So the history is that we're, well, we we're both colonized by the British. Yeah. And also back in the day, like in the early 1900s, the British used to get a lot of Jamaicans to work as civil servants and police in Belize. Oh. I so there's there, we have very similar cultures. Okay. Do, do you think that there's something about being Belizean that gave you a leg up being in Jamaica? Uh, there are pros and cons. Mm. So some people are like, ooh, this girl is different. She's exotic, exotic. you know? Mm. But then there was also, when I started working at Nationwide, and I was on the morning show, when I first, first started, there were people who would call in and um, don't want this Belizean on the air. She's yeah. not Jamaican. What she know about Jamaica? You know, uh, we're you prejudiced, bud. We're prejudiced, bud. That's true. <laughs> so oh, there yeah, was um, that. Press I did deal with that. going through the same thing. I got through the same thing. Oh, because she's St. Lucian. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe. You know what's funny? Like, I wouldn't even know she was from St. Lucia because she's so... Enough people never know, yeah. Yeah, because Janela and I worked at CVM at the same time. And she was here years before me. So she's been here. I've been in Jamaica 15 years. And Mm -hmm. she when I came... I remember I asked her, and she, I think she said she was here five years already. Yeah. Does that mean she's been here 20 years? But, you know, I would never... Uh, Priscilla Morris, uh, uh, Janela, sorry. Yeah. Janela. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, um, I wouldn't even peg you to be not from Jamaica. I thought that you'd have Jamaican heritage, if not. Like, I, I hear the proper, the proper, um, it, proper language or the proper talk. Like, I would just think you're uptown. <laughs> or come from foreign but have Jamaican parentage so yeah. I would never even guess that you were from Belize that's the reason like I that. don't speak Patois often yeah. I don't do it much because I like in my mind I can <laughs> but I still feel like I sound fool when I try to speak it yeah, <laughs> out loud narrative. you just ask out uptown that's it that's like Ari you see I know you was going to say that I know it <laughs> like Ari pretty much but we speak okay. Belizean Creole which is very similar it's just a different accent really. but English mm. is the primary English language, is the right? main yeah, language yeah, yeah. Okay. so then well you said so you made that journey from CVM so you said you were in entertainment news RETV Hype TV so but you always wanted to do serious news so even when right. you come to Jamaica <clears throat> RETV Hype TV was almost like mm, it's just work to do that's what, right. that's what you saw it right. it was my foot in the door mm-hmm. you know because I like I said, I knew nobody, mm. so I never have no connection.
connections. I don't have no expensive last name, mm-hmm. even though I say, oh, she's brown and this and But I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Now you have to know people in the industry. That's true. So um, I just took what I could get. Mm-hmm. I remember I burned a DVD with highlights of my career in Belize. And I physically went to every single media house. I made a list of all the media houses and I physically went dressed up in a makeup, everything. I have to see who this person, I have to stand out because nobody yeah. knows me. Yeah. And I physically took that DVD to, along with my resume to every single media house. And I went there and I asked for, like I called ahead and found, found out who like the news editor is, uh, mm. asked for that person, handed them my DVD in person with my resume. And I got a call back from RETV was the first place that gave me a call back. And oh. so I started working there. Okay. And then once I was there, I had my foot in the door because mm-hmm. now I can attend industry events and meet mm-hmm. people. And that's mm-hmm. how I ended up eventually at CVM. Um, ended up meeting, I remember who the person was in charge at the time. And yeah, auditioned for the job, got the job. From there, I met other people and became cemented in the industry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you ever think to enter any beauty contest? So I did. I entered Miss SJCJC when I was 19, 18. I placed second. That's, <laughs> That's in Belize. Yeah. Uh. St. John's College Junior College. <laughs> That's the only pageant I've ever been in. Uh, I always wanted to go up for Miss Belize, but I got pregnant young. I had oh, my daughter yeah. when I was 19. Oh, you, can't, you couldn't be, you yeah, ha- couldn't yeah. have kids Single to go and in, child in pageant. Yeah, so, yeah. so that was the end of that dream. Okay. Oh. But so wait, um, <clears throat> I was wondering, like, what's your um, stance on, like, they're allowing moms now? That's amazing. I love it. This universe, yeah. yeah. So you, you do it if you could, if you... I no, not no. <laughs> I'm too old for that. But no. at the time when you know, like young and you had, you had the children, you still would have went up. Yeah, right? I definitely would have done yeah. it. I because I think happy. pageantry, especially for you know young women, they use pageantry as a way to. That's that's as you talk about networking, like you know you're going to the industry events and yeah. getting your face and name out there. It's always to do that easier, I guess, mm-hmm. for some people. But then you you found your way to CVM and you worked your way up from there, like. And doing these stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> the story. I'm asking about incursion, because uh, I was at Wilma's at the time doing my um, Cape exam, and never forget it. And you say, no, not Cape, seasick. And you're like, should we be worried? Like <laughs> downtown, we were we were far from it. We were just still downtown. You couldn't literally hear the gunshots going off. What what was it like for you? Because was oh that the gosh. first time were you in something like almost like a battle zone? <laughs> Yes, yeah. but I I guess I was a bit mentally prepared. Mm. So I was still brand new at CVM. Yeah. So I came to Jamaica 08 and I started CVM January 2010 and the incursion happened. So before CVM was all the fun stuff, yeah. Hype TV, RE. Mm-hmm. And now CVM, I'm doing all kind of stuff, politics, um, Dodos, um, Manat Phelps and Phillips yeah. covering mm-hmm. all these serious issues, mm-hmm. plus Duppy story and mm-hmm. other things. And I remember the first time that my news editor at the time, Garfield Burford, mm-hmm. said, um, he assigned me to a story in Spanish Town on March Pen Road. You know March Pen Road's yeah. reputation, right? Yeah. And when I was about to leave, Burford casually says to me, oh, by the way, pick up a bulletproof vest at the security. And I was like, oh? Just, where, where just are you sending me? Like that, yeah. Just oh, embarrassing, like, yeah, like an afterthought. Yeah. Like, where Don't are you? Get shot. <laughs> where are you sending me? 
because you didn't know. Did you know Marchman's um, reputation well, I, before? I knew I was going to cover a murder story. Okay. I don't remember if I knew the full reputation yeah. of Marchpen Road, but mm. it, I definitely knew after that day. <laughs> Like bulletproof vest, and then when Tivoli came, they were like, "Okay, so we have to order some more bulletproof vests. We need to order some helmets." And you know, it was serious. Yeah. It got real. So I was somewhat mentally prepared for what was happening. Mm-hmm. Plus, there was this whole lead up to it. Tivoli didn't just happen. No, it didn't. We were reporting on this situation for months. The extradition request from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, there were reports that Dodos was you know, amassing all these, like all these gunmen were coming to Tivoli mm-hmm. so that he could barricade himself inside Tivoli. It turns out he wasn't even in Tivoli. Mm-hmm. He was somewhere else. Remember they caught him with the wig? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so all of that happened. And so we already knew something big was gonna go down i remember the day before the incursion began we were i was out reporting i was in new kingston and i stood in a line of traffic just traffic 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 there was an exodus from kingston everybody was leaving kingston because the government had announced that they were going into tivoli and so everybody already know this is war Mm -hmm. and everybody's leaving kingston in in droves Cause they were even cause uh, schools they're like mm, don't really have school but we had and I shouldn't have said CSEC it was Cape I was doing Cape yeah because it was me and the me and the me and they're mm. like should we go like even every parent was like mm, all right guess what we're gonna just go off a tree don't go downtown like we had to find different routes to come and if if you could if you lived in the area like they said all right we make special um special exemption for you. Also, if you live outside of Kingston, you don't want to come, just let us know and you need to just go to other schools. So it was really like that scary, yeah. unsure time for real. And yeah. then the day of that event, when I did that stand up, all day long, people were calling the newsroom mm-hmm. uh, from Tivoli. No, from Tivoli. Oh. So we're getting people calling from Tivoli while Tivoli was being. So what did they call it for? bombed for a lack of a better word so they're calling to tell us their experience yeah. oh. so people are like the soldier they might do this and they might do that and they might drop bump away and you know mm-hmm. so they're giving us their expand all day so i was since i was brand new i was the newbie in the newsroom mm-hmm. i was originally the first part of the day on desk duty so i was answering the phones and taking all these calls mm-hmm. And recording some of the calls for the news as well. And it's so mentally, I knew exactly what was going on yeah. before I went out there. Mm-hmm. And then I also saw getting the car the day before. So <laughs> yeah. I had a, a game plan. Yeah. It was a lot. But in the moment, as a reporter, mm-hmm. this is what we live for. So, so they, you know, hold on, hold on, never, never wasn't there this. anyone else? that? Why did they choose you as a newbie? It wasn't just me. We were all out in the yeah. field because it was a lot going on, a lot to cover. So, so well, let me ask you this now. So. When you did a duck for cover from bullets, was did they start past through your mind at any point? Say, yo, my two art fair got you the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm too, too good for you. Yeah, I'm no. too good for this. No, as a reporter, you know, mm. you live for these events. Mm. These are once in a lifetime events, and for you to be able to cover them, so is it was a like big a mix privilege. of being thrilled and scared at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a little bit of scariness, but there's also, oh my god, this is happening. I'm covering it. Yeah, this is historic. Mm. So yeah. there was that in my mind as well. Do they prepare for like at school? Do they prepare you for something like this? No. 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 <laughs> no. Because, uh-uh. like, I mean, even to, when you watch foreign, like, foreign CNN, NBC, and them, they go over, like, Iraq and them, something, and say, really, do school really prepare for things like this? Like, I'm sure they don't tell you no. how to keep cool, how to do no. breathing exercises. In that situation, like you're running on adrenaline. Yeah. 
You're really mm-hmm. running on adrenaline because I don't think I really fully understood the magnitude until like afterwards mm-hmm. though, when I watched it and reflected back on that time. But in the moment, it's pure adrenaline. Wow. So you did hear him chat? Like, if I did, it? yeah, no, find the clip. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, maybe them they just never did that. But Type in Kalila Reynolds Tivoli Gardens. <laughs> Kalila Enriquez Tivoli Gardens. I don't know why I remember um Simit Smith. <laughs> What's her first name again? I think like I think it was her. I don't know why I'm, I'm mixing that up. Wait, Get in the car. Like under the car. No, that was Marjorie Gordon. Was uh, on the ground. She was uh, at CBM okay. too. Okay. Um, get in the car was Nadine McLeod. Uh, yes, yes. Nadine. Yes, 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 when he's in pass that, pass that, pass oh. that. So scroll until you see me on camera in the bulletproof vest. Yeah, I saw that was it. How are you holding your composure at this point? You need to arrow. You didn't even flinch. Wait, let me finish it. You didn't even flinch. Finish the sentence calmly and take for yourself. That's what you were thinking. Yep. So then after this, you're like, enough of this, no more fee work for you, or you wanted more? No, we continued. Oh, you need more field? No, like field work like this. Yeah. I can't say no more field work. That's the job. <laughs> wow. Okay. But you say eventually moved to financial, right? That was after? Quite a bit after, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I started doing, co- fina- focusing on financial journalism probably around 2015, mm. a little bit. So I, basically how I got into it is that most people who work in newsrooms, most journalists mm-hmm. become journalists because they hate maths. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. I hate maths. Let me do something talking related mm-hmm. and yeah, where I can yeah. write. I love English. Mm-hmm. I can shine in this field. Yeah, yeah but no I numbers. hate maths. No yeah. numbers. But financial journalism requires knowledge of numbers. Now, mm-hmm. me as a bright girl, and I got grade one CXC maths in third form. Look at you. Wow. Hey. Third be- form. Not even fifth. Wow. Hey. Hey. You're better than we by far. <laughs> That's back when they had basic and general. Yeah. And I used to have basic papers. So I mm-hmm. did the basic paper in third form as okay. practice for the general. Oh. By the way, in Belize, we only go up to fourth form. There's no fifth form. Right. <laughs> so fifth form, fourth form is fifth form, basically. The, the numbering is just different. Mm. So oh. you start, so you do an extra year of primary school before so it works out the same yeah but um instead of grade six is like almost like a uh, right okay and then you go high school right so you go infant one infant two and then up to standard six which would be equivalent to grade what that no here in jamaica it would be equivalent to grade seven you start high school at grade seven right seven right right so grade seven is your first year of high school Yeah. yeah so that would be what we call first form yeah. Yeah, which is our first one. So, no. So for us, it would be grade eight. I don't remember something. So anyway, oh, yeah, work out the same. Fifth farm is sixth farm. 
No. I think what they do is almost equivalent to America where it's four years of high school. It's four years of high, high school. school. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So it's like your grade seven your grade seven is almost like middle school, which is what right. they, they do. So it there. works out yeah. the same. So when I said did CXC mass in grade three. Um, like grade I like I like to say it that way because it sounds like a flex. Yes, it does. But then I do have to explain that by the way. Ten, yeah. Grade three is Fourth really form. don't, don't yeah. explain it. Just say third form and leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, so you um, you hate no Then I did the general paper in, in fourth form, which would be your fifth form. Right grade one again so anyway so yeah i love numbers oh. and i like you know the stories that numbers tell so mm. those stories used to just always come on my desk because nobody else wants them mm. so budget stories budget time and i love it because it's this big yellow book i don't know if you've ever physically seen what jamaica's budget book looks like mm-hmm. it's like the size of a phone book with just full of numbers mm. and i would go through it and i love it because to me this is news is news is news is all these stories come out of it mm-hmm. and that's how i started getting into financial reporting and understanding the economy as well because if you know that time when i started working in journalism in jamaica was a critical time apart from tivoli mm-hmm. we also had the imf program yeah and, we were and then the re- we just came out of recession yeah mm. 08 09 2010 and then not b- long before that a decade before that was the finstack era yeah so there was a lot going on in the economic landscape as well that i was very very interested in mm-hmm. I also was interested in economic news in Belize. And so I, you know, brought that knowledge here, brought that interest here, and then just more and more started getting interested in finance. Then in 2017, I started investing for the first time because I kept hearing about IPO, IPO. So 20, I think it's 2015 and 2017, Jamaica had the number one stock exchange in the world. And I'm hearing all this news, news, news about Jamaica being so amazing and getting all these returns. And I'm reporting on it. I'm like, so hold on there. What that mean? Why am <laughs> I not making all this money too? Mm. Why is everybody else making this money and not me? So I said, okay, next IPO come, I'm going to invest in it. Even though I don't really understand what nothing, I understand what an IPO is, mm. but I didn't really understand in detail what yeah. investing was up kind of understood what investing was about but i didn't read the prospectus for this particular company that was coming up that okay. was listed so it was stanley Mata. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was my very first investment so that would have been early 2018 actually um i had wanted to invest in the wisinko ipo which was december 2017 mm-hmm. everybody know wisinko right yeah mm-hmm. and i ipo did amazingly well mm-hmm. and i was like I missed it. I dragged my foot. I didn't do, you know, take any action. Next IPO now missed me. So Stanley Mata came out in. So if you, Stanley Mata is the, uh, basically a real estate company. That's they what I'm like. I think I know. 58 it's Halfway Tree, yeah. where Alorica Call Center is. Mm-hmm. They own that and some other properties. I didn't even know that. I just hear IPO. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> I'm going to invest my money, put my money in it. It was $5.42 was the stock price, if I remember correctly. And a week passes, and it's still $5.42. <laughs> a month passes, and it's still $5.42. <laughs> Months pass, and it's still well, stock price no move. I know that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> At least it didn't go lower. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. didn't lose. Yeah. But also never do what we think do, because mm-hmm. we think was like, psh, 
stock price gone up and make all this money in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed, but I couldn't be too disappointed because shame on me. I didn't do any research on this company. Okay. I have no idea what this company does. I don't even know what they're saying in the prospectus. I didn't even read it. Okay. And after that, I was like, no, I can't. If I'm going to do this, I have to do it right mm-hmm. and start learning the terms, start understanding what it is, figuring out what is it that I should look for in a prospectus, doing the research. And in doing that, being that I'm a journalist, I am inclined to share what I learn. Yeah. So every time I learn something, I, I just naturally want to share it with other people. So I started sharing with friends and family, sharing on my social media. And then as I started sharing on social media, other people were like, hold on. What now? <laughs> Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it became a thing where it started becoming consistent. And I started doing Money Mondays at the time was my very first social media feature. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started gaining you know, followers. And then by later in by 2019, now I came up with the idea to do Taking Stock, which is a longer format show on now it's on YouTube. The original idea was for it to be on TV, mm-hmm. on CVM or TVJ. But None of them were interested. Wow. And they were like... Because um, it does look very CVM-y. <laughs> they're like, yeah. business news is... I remember somebody specifically told me, business news is boring. Mm. And I was like, no, it's not going to be boring. It's me. I'm not boring. I'm fun. <laughs> Money Jenna. <laughs> I've been in music videos. <laughs> I'm the Money Jenna of me. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't believe in boring stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff should be interesting, especially True. business. And business is so interesting. And business is a part of everything. It's like every facet. It's a part yeah. of everything. It's a part Money. of life. Yeah. The way it's currently reported mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still is reported by the vast majority of traditional media is boring. And I think it's boring because it's not relatable to most people. And that's what I wanted to ask you. And I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, And I started to cut it because it's like, you know, I remember watching it on like when I was forced to watch the news. I was like, like, the only time you could have watched TV when around exam time is the news. That's, you know, and you're like, okay, so you're watching news and you watch news and and then do that. And you're like, oh. And then they do things go up, things go down, mm-hmm. this and this and that. And Something that. about points. Yeah, and what the like, hell are points? This no make no sense. And I'm wondering, do you think is it as is it a reason why it is so stuffy and almost unrelatable? Why the general public wouldn't really connect to it? Is there a specific reason why it's like that? I think there are two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, half of the people don't understand it themselves. Yeah. And because they oh, don't the understand the people it. who are reporting it, mm. most of the people reporting it don't under, don't fully understand it themselves, mm-hmm. and so because they don't understand it, they just regurgitate what they heard somewhere else, mm-hmm. or they just regurgitate the press release without breaking it down because they don't understand and they're like, I don't want to make a mistake. Let me just say exactly what they told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. True. So there's that, and then secondly, there is also an elitist. And a sort of elitism that I'm so glad you said that. I'm so smart and I have to have you don't have an economics degree, so you can't speak on that. And I got some of that pushback early on too. Really? Mm-hmm. There have been people who I've heard, they're like, Oh, don't listen to Kalila because she don't she don't know what she's talking about, right? Because Because I don't have I studied journalism. Mm-hmm. I didn't study economics or banking or finance or whatever, yeah. related degrees, management or anything like that. Yeah. Um so there, you, you get that pushback. You have that group of people who I believe feel like this should be contained knowledge mm. to preserve the elite. Yeah. And I'm completely against that. I'm like, no, this is stuff that everybody should know, everybody should have access to. True. So I'm going to break it down as simple as possible in the simplest language and try and make it fun. Mm-hmm. I have to give you credit for that because that's something that you, you do very effectively. 
and very efficiently as well where you you present it in a manner where it's fun but also you take the time out to break down certain things uh, via layman terms you know sometimes that the everyman probably wouldn't understand and get that's yeah. something i noticed that you're very good at yeah thank yeah. you we put a lot of effort into doing that yeah mm-hmm. and so. even like even how you you present the things on youtube as well like you you you're with it it's clear mm-hmm. that you're very digital literate as well you know how to you know listen one thing i'm gonna do to it. one thing i'm gonna put effort into is getting your attention because mm-hmm. we're talking about money and i don't understand to this day how somebody can say that business is boring because money is not boring everybody wants money everybody's interested in money mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. needs money to operate and survive in today's society yeah so you can't tell me that that's boring and not relevant to people because that's something that's relevant to everybody mm-hmm. True. So, and i need to get through to people so i will do whatever gimmicks i need to do i will dance i will do the drift even though i can't dance i will will come out as the money jenna yeah i will you know come up with all these crazy ideas Mm -hmm. to get your attention and then once i have your attention okay now listen to what i have to say so you said that there's like almost an elitist where they're trying to separate the money or try to the information it's not even the money the information from us so when you you realize that that was a gap in the market essentially like mm-hmm. and capitalizing on that like what how how you go about breaking it down so everybody could get it because i mean as you said that business affects everybody but we really don't the layman out there don't know that well you know like if we think i have the um ipo like i just i sell the water i'm not i'm mm-hmm. not for doing the stock so how you can break it down where the man on the street who sell the sink of water knows mm-hmm. that there is value in, in having a stock in it too if he could afford a stock things like that yeah so how i explain it to people is that everything is related and if you want to know what stock is doing well or gonna do well or has potential just look around you mm. just observe what is happening in your society so if you you mentioned with cinco and water right if you see with cinco come out with this new product well they have water i'm not going to show this brand it's not with cinco <laughs> um <laughs> if they come out with this product and they say water is a thing right and then oh come out with cran water mm. and all of a sudden you see cran water is everywhere cran water run road everybody's drinking cran water now my man is thinking who met cran water with cinco are they a publicly listed company? Publicly listed meaning that I can own shares in it because not every company can own shares in, right? Mm-hmm. I can't own shares in the fixed productions unless you're willing to sell it to me. But I can go online and buy shares in Wisinko. Okay. Like, oh, Wisinko Mekran Water? This product is so amazing, so popular out our road. Mm-hmm. Um, I should own some shares in the company that's making this amazing product that I'm seeing all of us on everywhere. Yeah. I go buy shares in Wisinko. So uh, is it easy to just buy the shares to like, so the layman on the road, can he go into whichever bank and say, I want to buy Wisinko? So you need to have an investment account mm-hmm. first. Most of the bank, all of the banks have a brokerage arm. Mm-hmm. So NCB has NCB Capital Markets. Scotia has Scotia Investments. Sajikor has Sajikor Investments. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other firms as well, like <clears throat> SSO, <laughs> who shall not be named. You just named them, girl. You just <laughs> named them. <laughs> wow. Mayberry, I know Mayberry Barita, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. SSL is going to be shut down. I think it's, it no, it's not shut down yet. It's not, not shut down? No, but oh. the shareholders, the, the customers can't do anything right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't have access to their money. That's a whole yeah, which we'll conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have others. So you have proof 
proven. You have Barita, you mm-hmm. have Mayberry, you have a number of investment firms along with the firms that are owned by the major Mayberry banks. Banks. So you have to open a separate account. It's not your same bank account. Okay. You have to go in and say you want to open an investment account. Mm-hmm. And the, the qualification, the requirements are the same as when you go open a bank account. They're mm-hmm. going to ask you for your ID, TRN, your pay slip, pay couple references. Proof of address. Proof of address. Mm-hmm. Those five things they're mm-hmm. going to ask you for in order to open. And of course, you're going to have to make a deposit so put yeah. in some money okay. in the account and that's how you open your account so Once it's you- just you so then it's after you after you've done that and you provide that you can pay for it so it's not like somewhere is a hundred thousand all you have to no no so that's a big misconception too Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't invest because they feel like so maybe they have most people don't invest because they don't know what the hell they invest Mm -hmm. but then there's the people who've heard of it but they feel like you need a whole heap of money in order Mm -hmm. to start which is a big misconception yeah so there are firms out there where you can open your investment account with as little as five thousand jamaican dollars Mm -hmm. So then do you, so then even to like, when you look, when you think about foreign, like Wall Street, sell high, do, blah, 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 and you know, do all them <laughs> crazy things that are on the floor. It's not, it's not like that. Like you just give the money, you ask the investment. It, I, I remember when I was opening it, like my, my advisor was pretty much like, what, what kind of person are you? Are you a risky person, low risk, high risk? Mm-hmm. And they ask you a couple of questions like that. So is that the idea behind it? Like they will just... Right. So people ask me all the time, what should they invest in? And I'm like, I can't tell you that. First Mm -hmm. of all, I'm not a licensed financial advisor. Correction to your introduction, because you introduced me as a financial advisor and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a financial journalist, an educator, not an advisor. You know, a lot of people have have you as that. I know. And I constantly correct them because I'm not an advisor. Okay. You know, I sue. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But the reason, even if I was an advisor, I can't just go give you advice on Instagram without knowing you. And there's a reason your advisor asked you those questions because in order to make recommendations, she has to know what is your, what are your goals? So are you investing for short term, long term? Mm -hmm. Why are you investing? Are you investing because you want a retirement fund in 40 years, Mm -hmm. which means you have 40 years for your money to grow? Mm -hmm. Or are you investing because you want to buy a house in five years, which Mm -hmm. is a more medium term goal? Or are you investing because you want a quick return to go Oh, I nearly said ATI. Dream, <laughs> dream weekend. Yeah. Chris Brown. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Are you investing because you want to go Chris loans. Brown? Or we could get a loan. Yeah. 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 Or you want to go Chris Brown um, in August. Yeah. So do you have a short time frame where you want your money back? Yeah. Do you have a medium goal? Do you have a long-term goal? Those things are going to influence what type of stocks you should invest in, what type of investments you should make. Yeah. So if you need to get money back quickly, mm-hmm. you're going to have to take more risk, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. If you need, if you have 40 years, then you don't, you can take low risk and your money will compound over time. Yeah. So the time period is one thing that they have to look at. They also need to look at your personal risk profile. Mm-hmm. So if you're comfortable taking a lot of risk, they can recommend more high risk things for you that could potentially uh, give you a lot of money in a short period of time mm-hmm. or you could lose a lot of money if you're comfortable taking the risk mm-hmm. if you're a more conservative investor then they're not going to recommend those high risk stocks for yeah. you they're going to recommend the slow and steady the conservative you're going to get your decent returns every month every quarter you're going to get your dividends and you're good mm-hmm. um so in order to give investment advice people need to know advisors need to know that information and that's why when people come ask me what should they invest in i'm like i can't answer that because yeah. what what and then they'll be like oh but what you invest in 
So just tell me what you invest in and yeah, I'll invest in that. And I'm like, but my goals are different from yours. Yeah. I don't know how soon you need back the money yeah. and how much risk you're willing to take. Yeah. My goals are much, much different from yours. Mm-hmm. I have a child in college. I have to pay college fund. So I need some regular returns yeah. that can help mm-hmm. me to pay for that college fund. Uh, at the time, we we're saving to buy a house. We've just bought, bought the house mm-hmm. using some of our returns from investing, wow. by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a goal. And then, of course, we have our long term goals of retirement. Okay. So my portfolio is going to look a lot different mm-hmm. than perhaps what you want to invest. For. So from what I gather is like you'd probably have different things or different. I don't know if you I don't know what you call it, but portfolios where you invest in different things. So depending on your goal, like you could take the higher risk to get the higher reward. That would be for like, I guess maybe your, your daughter's what, from what you talk about like your daughter's um tuition or for you just to get money and then the medium would be the house and then the long term would be the retirement so what you do is you just thing. diversify your portfolio there you go but mm-hmm. then you can have a portfolio with a lot more risk so like i'm more on the conservative side mm-hmm. i am more moderate to conservative that's like women but then my husband is a risk taker men <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so he's gonna put like a lot of money in this one thing and he's comfortable with that yeah so it's when you're when you're investing as a couple it makes for some interesting conversations <laughs> i didn't know you were this kind of person <laughs> your eye owed me is like wait were you like when, this before the marriage when one person wants to put a million dollars in this one thing mm. and you're like mm, i don't that think that's wise mm. you have you to come up with a compromise <laughs> you have to co- so so we've done some compromising okay. where it'd be like okay rather than put the million let's do five hundred thousand mm-hmm. and put the rest in this less yeah. risky thing you yeah. know so you compromise you know with the recent scandals bolt um the several um scamming scandals that we've seen with with, with top bosses in, in in banks do you think it's fair for people to have a healthy fear of investing and trusting banks it's always fair for people to have a healthy fear of investing and trusting in banks mm. um you should always be very aware of what's going on with your money. Mm-hmm. One of the unfortunate things that was uncovered during the whole SSL scandal was that the clients of Gina and Panton, who's the alleged culprit, or at least one of them, mm. uh, they weren't getting regular statements. Mm. So she would only give them statements when they asked for it, mm-hmm. which to me is a red flag because you're supposed to be getting your regular monthly statements. Whether you ask mm-hmm. for it or not. Whether you ask for it or not, that should just be an automatic, that's a given. Mm-hmm. So they weren't getting their monthly statements, so they're not able to check up on their money. They just trusted her blindly mm-hmm. with because, uh, you know, they had a reputation. What well, the picture say? I, I earned it. Trust, yes. I, <laughs> I, I earned your trust. trust. I, I earned it. Yes, that's so, so it's a it's a lesson for a lot of people who have put that trust in this person that they've been working for for a long time, working with for a long time. Mm-hmm. That hey, even if you trust this person, you still need to have a healthy skepticism. And no matter which institution it is, as well, SSL is one of the smaller ones. But we recently had the big scandal with Bank of America, yes, yes. which yeah, is a major institution in the U.S. My clients trust me; I earned it exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So even then, you have to be, you know, diligent and check your statements. If anything looks off, you question it. You know. Yeah. So that's one of the things that you, well, encourage people. So it's not, it's not so much of a broad statement to not trust <clears throat> the banking system mm-hmm. in Jamaica. It's just about ensuring that you do your due diligence as a customer to ensure exactly. that you know you're doing your part to make sure that it's 
on the up and up, really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So when people were so fearful and that this is going to look bad in Jamaica, I was like, why would you think that? Like, it's but one it did look bad on Jamaica. It did? Yeah. No, I know, but it's like, it's one company. It's one person affected several people and of course namely the high the, the more high-end customer was bold but to broad stroke it and say like all oh, the whole country and the economy and everything and it just like spiral into and this calamitous yeah like disastrous thing like was it unfair well i thought that it was unfair to think that but what do you think as someone in the I actually thought it was a fair criticism, mm. even though, like you said, it, you shouldn't broad brush an entire country. Yeah. But I could see why someone would think that. And not to want to invest in the country. And why people would be scared. Okay. And, it, you know, so I, after that came out, I had to take like a couple of days to really sit down and reflect because mm. everybody was tagging me like, so what Khalila have to say? No. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. always tell me to invest and then look what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take a couple of days, really reflect before I came out with, you know, my perspective on the whole thing. And, you know, definitely there are things that need to be tightened. Um, I think we as consumers ought to be informed when financial institutions run into problems. Mm-hmm. Like we should be notified. So one of the problems that we had with the whole SSL situation is that they're not a publicly listed company. Publicly listed companies such as NCB, Scotia, Sagicor, they are required mm-hmm. to publish their financial statements every three months. Mm-hmm. So we know exactly how much money they're making. Yeah. That's exact that's how a combined know NCB make forty billion dollars in profits last year. Yeah. Because they were required to publish their financial statements. Companies that are not listed, such as SSL, are not required to publish those financial statements. So we have no idea mm. how well or how poorly that company is doing. Mm. And so if anything is going wrong with that company, you as a customer don't know. And they have no obligation to tell you. But one of the changes that is coming about because of this, I heard the finance minister, Dr. Nigel Clark, say shortly after the scandal is that they will be required to publish their financial so statements. So even though, because I guess it was their, t- um, what do you call it? The kind of company that they were, they weren't required, but it's now everybody, no matter the kind of company. It hasn't been that. implemented yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they move quickly on that because mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's going to reassure the public and, you know, get people to start investing again. Because I know for a fact, a lot of people got scared after that. Yeah. yeah. People who wanted to start were like, mm, nah, but mm-hmm. you know, let me leave that alone. And there are people who, you know, just sold their shares and I guess keeping it on their mattress now. Yeah. <laughs> and not yeah. bothering because well, they don't no, trust the system. See what JDCIC JDIC JDIC yeah, so they bank. protect yeah. up to 600,000 they, they, they protect deposits in banks yeah okay and so I think credit unions mm-hmm. deposit taking institutions mm-hmm. they do not protect investment in an investment firm okay remember I told okay. you it's different yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they do not protect your investments mm-hmm. but they will protect protect your deposit so the cash that you have at the bank that is protected up to a certain amount I think which it's is, now which I find weird million. because if you, if you have a one million dollar and it like I think it's six hundred thousand was the last time I remember that they protect. I, I mean, think it's you, I think it's now one point two million. One it got doubled it. Doubled yeah. it. But then if you have tens of millions of dollars and you lose that and you only gonna get back that is it you only get back that one point two? Yep. So <laughs> you just lose the other million? Like it's not up until a point like like every 
every which is million another thing, every two million. Which is another thing that I always tell people, diversify. Uh-huh. Don't keep all your eggs in one basket. True. Don't keep all your money in one place. Mm-hmm. So That's just true. in case something happened at one place, you still have some money put away in another institution. That's true. But then the thing is, so I was saying like with SSL, so you're saying the general... To broad stroke, it was... And that's why Bolt is okay. Yeah. Even though it's a big hit because nobody wants to lose... How much was it? 30 Billions, million? Yeah. I don't remember how much. Millions. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A shit nobody ton. wants to lose that. <laughs> yeah. But Bolt has other investments. Right. Bolt owned Carl Center. Bolt has... You know, he's diversified. Yeah. All of his money wasn't at SSL. Right. It's a big loss, but he has other money right. elsewhere. So is there any way for people to recover? So they can sue. Mm-hmm, okay. There's a lawsuit. Um, I think what's happening now is that they want to liquidate the company, um, go through bankruptcy proceedings, sell off all the assets at SSL, and then I guess use that to pay back people. Yeah. But one of the problems is that SSL don't have enough money to cover all their debts. Oh, wow. So they might not get back everything. Wow. So which then, is why I said if they were required to publish their financial statements, we would know that mm-hmm. they don't have enough money to cover all their debts. Do you debts. think that's the next step for Ball to sue? I think he he's on he's making those moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would seem so. Yeah. So then, I mean, the countdown su- suing or Jinan or whatever, suing Jinan, it really it wouldn't make sense. But it wouldn't make sense for the financial loss that the, the amount of money that was lost or stolen well does she even still have it exactly so Did it's she just spend like it? well she has assets mm-hmm. so they can go after her criminally so criminal charges have been filed mm-hmm. but criminal charges don't ensure that you get back your money mm-hmm. there also has to be a civil suit mm-hmm. um in which they go after her assets and the assets are repatriated to there's also POCA, Proceeds of Crime Act. Yeah, so where if you're, scamming, yeah. Yeah, so they can, the government can confiscate all your, all the proceeds of crime. So mm-hmm. if you scammed people out of money and use it to buy a house, they can confiscate okay, the yeah. house as proceeds of crime. But I do not think that that money goes back to the people they scammed. I believe that money goes to the state. Mm. <laughs> oh, so it's like... I'd have to, ch- I'd have to, yeah. to verify that. Though to look into that, but I it's believe like that money goes dealer, to the state. Like when I jog the like I'm, I can't remember my name. Like I think it was a billion dollars that they have from that they like they took from him, and it's the government has it. So it's just like really, so not even the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all that crime. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that works. Like if the the victims can then sue the government right. to get back that money, I, I'm not sure how that works. Mm. Okay, so um. Yeah, let's talk about Michael Lee Chin yeah. and what's going on there right about now. About what? Michael Lee Chin. Oh. It seems like there's a lot of interesting news surrounding his name. There were reports, uh, there have been reports about him selling assets lately and people that wonder, oh, wait there, billionaire Michael Lee Chin, he might mm-hmm. go broke. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give some, so the people some insight into what's happening there because I see this news and probably that's the first thought that crossed their mind. Say, so Michael Lee Chin, I go broke. So Michael Leachin is not broke, but Never. here's the thing. So Michael Leachin is a billionaire, like on Forbes billionaire list. Mm. But the thing is, when people say, oh, this person has a net worth of however many millions or billions, Elon Musk have God knows how much millions, one of the richest men in the world. Mm-hmm. They do not have that cash sitting around in the bank. Mm-hmm. So Michael Leachin does not have a $1.2 billion in his bank account today. That mm. money is in assets. So that when they say net worth, 
that is the total value of all the things that he owns. So he owns uh, millions of shares in NCB. Mm-hmm. He owns this mega yacht for 300 and something million. Mm-hmm. He owns multiple properties all over the world. He owns shares in companies in Canada. He, he has multiple assets and the total of all those assets comes up to the one point something billion that he is worth. But that doesn't mean that he has he doesn't have the 1.2 billion liquid sitting in the bank mm. right but what happens is when you have that level of wealth those assets generate income for you it's what i like to call sit on and collect <laughs> where passive you don't really income, eh? passive income <laughs> you sit on and collect yeah. so you have money in the bank you have shares the shares appreciate in price the share the stock pays you dividends you have properties that you rent out you earn rental income so you have multiple streams of income mm-hmm. and you might not have that money sitting in cash, but those assets are generating cash for you. Mm-hmm. And so one of his biggest income producing assets was <laughs> NCB. Mm-hmm. Being the majority shareholder in NCB ensures that he gets paid dividends as you know the owner of these shares, regular dividends. And so he was earning 30 million US dollars a year in dividends just from NCB alone. Yeah. Oh. From NCB alone. 30 million US. It's US yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. You just want to read Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> but yeah. what had happened was for the mm. past two years, NCB has not paid any dividends. To mm. no shareholder, not just Michael. To, to any shareholder. Mm. So I own shares in NCB. I, I haven't know. gotten any, sh- any dividends from NCB in two years. Mm. And there are many ordinary people who own shares in NCB. A lot of pensioners own shares in NCB because they're looking forward to their regular dividends because yeah. they, don't, they don't work anymore. They're old and they just want that passive income coming in. Yeah. So what, what, what had happened was during COVID, yeah. the Bank of Jamaica, so early on in COVID, it was in 2020, and it was big news when it broke, the Bank of Jamaica uh, banned dividend payments. Mm. They said that no company should pay dividends. No company that's listed on the stock exchange should pay dividends. And yeah. it was a way to preserve cash because COVID was a really uncertain time. We yeah. don't know yeah. what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to last. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you need to just save your money right now. Save up your cash. Don't pay any dividends just in case. Okay. Right. So that's what happened. And so no institution was paying out dividends at the time. Uh, a few that months. Was 2020. That's 2020. Mm-hmm. A few months later, they're like, okay, you guys can go ahead and start paying dividends again. Maybe, I guess maybe we're past the worst. Okay. You guys can pay dividends. And NCB declared a dividend 2021. I think it was in May around that time. 2021. 2021. They mm-hmm. declared a dividend, 50 cents per share. And that was good. But then since then, there's been no Payment. declaration or payment of dividends wow. so why would a company not pay dividends for two years even though it's a very profitable company like yeah. i said 40 billion dollars in profits last year yeah. they they haven't specifically said like they haven't come out and publicly said what's the reason for no dividends mm-hmm. but there are some reasons that could be why they haven't so there is this new accounting standard this new international standard called basel three that is coming like globally it's impacting a lot of companies and under that standard banks especially large financial institutions are required to keep more money on hand so they call it strengthening the capital base Mm -hmm. so a company like ncb has to keep more money like on their books just in case i guess and then in addition to that there's other reasons so maybe 
Um, why would a company not pay dividends? Well, some companies want to save money for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. So right now, just like with COVID, COVID just like during mm-hmm. COVID. So right now, there's been talks of a recession for the past couple of years. They've been saying recession is coming, recession is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to be on the safe side, let's hold on to some cash. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, there could be um, an investment that they want to make. Okay. Let's say they want to buy another company, make mm. an acquisition. They're going to need money for that, okay. right? So these are reasons that could be, because I don't know, they haven't publicly said right. why. Yeah. These are reasons that could be why they haven't paid this dividend in the past two years. But now as chairman, Michael Leachin is chairman of the board. Yes. So he sits on the board that mm. makes the dividend decision. Exactly. So people have been saying, but you knew because you sit on the yeah. board. But it could be that he was outvoted. Mm. (laughs) it could be that he wanted the dividends to be paid Mm -hmm. and the other members of the board said no and Mm. they outvoted him and then now he's you know taking his executive power blame it on these two gentlemen patrick hilton and dennis cohen and they're now gone but then what what i want to know hold on what i want to know why would he well as we spoke about before he's selling his assets why would he first say that you know he's just restructuring his portfolio rebalancing his portfolio and then come out to say hey it's because, you know, I need to pay for, you know, my expenses. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it's not just him, it's the other shareholders. But my mm-hmm. question is, though, wouldn't he, wouldn't the, 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 these execs, wouldn't they have to share the reason why they are not paying out the yeah, dividends? Yeah, it's a whole board meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. But it could be that somebody can share a reason with you and you still disagree with the reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. But so it's just like, so he's like, well, that's all well and good, but pay it out. And they're like, no, I want, we want to do this. This is the best thing for us to do. As I know, pay me out. So he just, as I said, took his, I'm in charge and like just asked them. But then if he, he's all voted, wouldn't it the same process to, to oust these people be the same? Like, I don't sit on NCB board. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it goes. All right, I, right. What I heard was yeah. that there was an emergency meeting called on the Sunday, yeah. two Sundays ago. Yeah. And that was a decision taken. Mm. But it would seem, I get the impression that this has been like a, a sore point for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been two years now. Which is strange because Mr. Patrick Hilton, especially I know, is I've done and a lot. Let me just say, Michael Leachin is not the only person who'd been complaining about yeah, the lack of dividends. Mm. So there have been multiple Pensioners, articles. Said, yeah. There have been multiple articles over the past, especially the past year, complaining about NCB not paying dividends mm-hmm. and shareholders being dis- being upset. Mm-hmm. And then in addition, so let me let me break this down. So... There are two main ways that you make money from stock market investing. One is dividends, which is your share of the profits. Company makes profits. They share it up amongst all the co-owners, a.k.a. shareholders. The second one is price appreciation. So you mentioned it earlier, buy low, sell high, right? So if I buy shares at a dollar and the share price go up to two dollars, I've made a hundred percent profit. I just doubled my money. Mm -hmm. But NCB stock price has been plummeting for the past three years wow so before covid ncb stock price was at 210 dollars, and up to last week monday when they made the announcement ncb stock price was at 65 dollars oh from 210 to 65 yeah so it's lost 70 percent of its value yeah so if you had invested a hundred thousand dollars in ncb in 2019 when it was at that peak that hundred thousand up to last week would be worth thirty thousand. wow mm. That's so, so, so one, you're not getting paid dividends mm-hmm. and two, you're not getting your capital, capital appreciation. The price is going down. Like mm-hmm. you're losing money on the share price. So yeah. you're not, so it's a bad investment on both fronts. 
So, and the reason the price was going down, one of the reasons anyway, is because they're not paying dividends. And you have shareholders who aren't happy, so they start selling off their NCB stock, Mm -hmm. which causes supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Fewer people want it, so now the price gets cheaper. Yeah. So, So will those dividends be, be paid out like in back pay? You know? <laughs> no, there's no back pay for dividends. Mm. As far as I'm aware, oh, unless wow. the board decides that they want to do that. I doubt that, though. Wow. You think this is a scapegoat type situation with these gentlemen, Hilton and Cohen? Because they've been in, while they've been at the helm, the NCB has seen record revenue. Do you think it's a scapegoat type situation? And record profits. Um, I won't go so far as to say scapegoat because I don't know what went on behind closed doors. Mm. I don't know what the decision making was like. If they were the primary ones saying no dividends, I, mm. I really don't know what else happened behind closed doors. Um, it's it's just interesting it to is. watch. Yeah. Um, Hilton himself commented that it is unusual for a publicly listed company to have the same CEO for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So there are times when companies just need a change, just need yeah. a refresher. Yeah. You know, you might want somebody younger with a different point of view who mm-hmm. understands the current climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be part of it too. But then, but the two people that the um, Mr. Chin put in, in or installed, I don't know if it's for the time being interim, are like pretty much the same age as Mr. Hilton. So it's just... Like, <laughs> well, that's that's the business. But I want to know how how does media and I guess public perception affect a price? Because as you said, may, many people probably the, the bad press mm-hmm. that NCB has been getting for the past couple of years affected um their stock price. It seems like. so. It, the public perception has a has a major influence. On- it does. Mm-hmm. It does mm-hmm. in Jamaica and in other markets as yeah. well. Uh, public perception news which is why what i do is so important Mm -hmm. and putting out news Mm -hmm. about and accurate news about what companies are doing with shareholders money and what they're doing you know with customers it's very very important because it does affect the stock price case in point since the change last week monday ncb stock price is up 15 Mm. percent (laughs) <laughs> so investors have reacted mm-hmm. because now there's an expectation based on all that's been revealed, all that's been said. There's an expectation that, oh, NCB going to pay dividends again. Yeah. Let me jump back in. Okay. <laughs> and so that has caused the stock price to rally and to rise 15% in the past week since that announcement was made. And that price had just been, before it was just going down and down and down and down yeah. and down from 210 to, to 65. So there's no way now that... it's at 75. So there's no you know, way where a company can... Like without, it, like I guess certain changes have to be done to kind of stop the the bloodletting of sorts. Like for the price to the stock to go down, but I mean, so it could be that even that could be behind Mr. Lee Chin's decision to replace the two um, executives. What so exactly? maybe it could be that there was no hard feelings, but he just knows that there's this public perception shareholders have been complaining mm-hmm. um, we need to do something drastic mm-hmm. to turn things around mm-hmm. and that was it's the funny drastic how they thing. first reported it though that they're going on vacation mm-hmm. now we've come to find out that's a permanent vacation yeah oh go on yeah. yeah, I seemed like they put out a, a statement. I think they felt that they needed to say something because there were a lot Public of assumptions mm, yeah. going around. Like, oh my God, they got sent on leave. They must do something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so they had to put out something to say, no, it was no wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. We're not being investigated. Because I know a lot of times when, when this is reported, 
um, that people go and leave, yeah. quote unquote, leave, yeah. is like, oh, they're being investigated behind the scenes. And then oh. I guess with so they many just needed scamming. to make it clear. And plus, with so much scamming, well. yeah, yeah, they yeah. just needed to make it clear that no, that there was none of that mm. going on. Fair. That's true. That's was fair. it reported that they would like it was three weeks or three months? Three vacation I, I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was weeks, but yeah. I think it was weeks, yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly. Okay. So I mean, even and public perception to, to tie it back with SSL and you know, both being of involved in it, where the the public perception outside of Jamaica, because I know that well, a part of our vision, twenty twenty. 2030 was to a place to do business like and being us being on the gray list too i was wondering how does that affect us being on the gray list affect the economy like i i want i always wonder how how does well you guys have been binging my content yeah. haven't you yeah, 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 based yeah. on these questions i can tell like the, the, the gray list because i'm like scamming yeah like scam everybody no mm-hmm. and not everybody scams but you know everybody ha- or every country has their illegal or their criminal elements in there but does it really affect the overall broader perception of doing business in a country being on like these great this gray list and who determines that we if we got on a list the gray list blacklist whatever list well let me ask the question back to you no no if you hear <laughs> if you're considering investing your money mm-hmm. right and you hear that this particular country is known for scamming and is on a mm. gray list, would you put your money there? Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you're a risk taker. We, we come back to the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. If you're, if you're you know, comfortable yeah. with the risk, you'll take the risk. Yeah. But, but if then you're is not... It just that, is it just that we're on the gray list? And I mean, the, I, was, I was wondering too, because I'm like, who determines that we're on the gray list? And isn't the, your economy more than just people investing is like what you make and how you export the export the import like I, these are like social studies knowledge that i have about the economy really and you have more yeah. more knowledge so there's than this I do, but... there's this organization called fatf yeah it stands for financial action task force mm-hmm. fatf i believe they are affiliated with the european union and so they set the global standards for what is required of countries and companies, uh, what type of reporting should be done, how often should you report, what are the things that you should be doing to combat. The big thing is AML-CFT, anti-money laundering, countering the financing of terrorism. Mm-hmm. So what you should be doing to make sure that money laundering isn't happening in your country, or at least you're preventing it as much as you can, and what you should be doing to prevent terrorism financing so things like um let me see if i can think of some of the some of the things so anti-money laundering so what they do, did at so after the whole lot of scamming thing you know yeah. started exploding especially in Mobay, now it's not as easy for you to be able to walk into a western money union and get money they're gonna ask you for your proof of source of income you're gonna ask you for id not everywhere in the world you go to Western Union, you have to present all the things that they ask you for here in Jamaica, mm-hmm. even when yeah, you're opening right. a bank account. So th- why is it so difficult to open a bank account? Why do I want this holy p- documentation? Mm-hmm. It's AML CFT. Mm-hmm. Mm. Proof of income, source of funds is the big thing. They want to be sure that you are not gaining this money illegally. But why the focus? I, I, is it is it? wrong for me to think that like targeting especially a small country like america like jamaica sorry who yes there are criminal elements here and i guess you know profit from crime or scamming but in america where 
<laughs> you have some um some bankman freed and elizabeth holmes and all these people like it's still not difficult for them but why is the focus on these smaller countries especially why is it such a zeroing on that us? question is above my pay grade <laughs> mm. So, I was just going to bring into the point as well, say, especially with the news of Bank of America and yeah. the news surrounding them. So why is would the Bank of America be required to ensure that they do that too? And you know, especially after Well, you see Bank of America also got sanctioned. Yeah, fine. So the fraud was uncovered, they got fined, they have to pay back the money to their customers. Yeah. So perhaps that that would be a part of it. So mm-hmm. what do you do when this type of thing is exposed mm. what are the repercussions mm-hmm. so a lot of the reg- some some other regulations have to do with what laws do you have in place to deal with this type of thing okay so there's a whole list there's a whole checklist of things that jamaica needs to meet mm-hmm. and so they've give us given us a deadline i think it's by october they have to meet the rest yeah. of these regulations mm. in order to be to come off of the gray list or not be on the blacklist at least a lot yeah. of western union shut down you know like because of that because of the whole scamming issue so that the factor at their Factful, that, that thing that you said. Fatif. Fatif. Um, affects that too as well, where they're looking to um, the Western unions and shut down all these agencies and, you know, make it difficult for people to collect and open up, well, collect the money and agents who own or people who own these. Fatif wouldn't shut down the agency. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it is that whoever owns the company locally just found it too onerous mm-hmm. to continue running that type of business. Okay. And then you also have to take into consideration these are businesses with high cash transactions. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of physical money there and it's becoming more and more dangerous to keep cash. Mm -hmm. You see all the the robbers of the beryllium trucks? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This may be an oversimplification of of the, the problem in and of itself. But do you think that the music plays a part in the perception? Like the bag of scamming songs and you know, chopper songs. Yeah. <laughs> they they may the classic- take that into consideration when, you know, placing us on this blacklist. Is the classic chicken or the egg question. Yeah. Mm. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Does art imitate life or does life imitate art? Mm. So that's a question that's beyond me. That's for the <laughs> philosophers to debate. I guess public perception evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think we're doing enough to be off that blacklist so far? From what? From your vantage point? I haven't studied it deeply, mm. but from what I recall, there was a, a list of 19 things that we need to do to come off of the list. And if they don't make it by a particular date, but I have not like gone into each individual thing to see mm. what have we done, what haven't we done. So I can't, I can't. So is say. it that we're on the list and we need to do these things to be removed or is it that? We're on the gray list. On the gray list. Is, and, and, and then they gave us the still, the black list. they gave us till end of the year mm. to meet these requirements or else we'd be placed on the black list. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. And being placed on the blacklist means that you face sanctions and it's going to be even more difficult to do international trade. Mm. As who wants to do trade with a country that's blacklisted, right? True. That's going to affect our ability to shop online. Mm-hmm. Already you have companies, I heard like Shein don't take Jamaican cards anymore. Yeah. Mm. Situations like that. Really? Them and them, the Parico. Really? <laughs> right? Really? Of all places, <laughs> Shein, right? <laughs> I just want to say like the hypocrisy of these places. Like, but you know, for example, PayPal. Yeah. If you've ever tried yes, to set up I a was PayPal just thinking account about that. Yes, it's very and as a vendor mm-hmm. PayPal you can't get your money out of PayPal yeah, as a can. Jamaican yeah. Yeah. That's, it's this, it comes under the same thing the AML CFT because they don't trust that the money is legitimately earned so they're not mm. going to allow you to take out your money I bet Sam, Sam Bankman free don't have these issues well he t- does right now actually <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, I guess my, my, my last question to you is though is like Overall, the like Jamaica, you, you talk about like in 2018, we're at the 
top of the stock exchange. I think that's what you said, right? And I mean, when you hear all these things, you're like, how does this benefit me as a simple man? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it, you know, it seemed like inflation, everything's still expensive. You can barely afford certain things and, you know, certain goals that you want to achieve, like a young person find it hard. But from your vantage point, do you think that we are, as a country as a whole, like we're gaining traction. I, I know you I know you said that. And the reports reflect that we have the lowest um unemployment rate, but many people are like, well, I'm employed, but it feel like it's low employment, you know, mm, it's like underemployed mm. or underemployed. But like from your vantage point, really, like do you think that we're really as a country on a whole, like we're gaining track and we're moving forward and better to be a country where people want to work and do business? I do think that improvements are being made. But I understand why it may feel like you make one step forward, two step back. Because mm. things just get expensive. Check mm. out this whole school fee thing with prep school. Yeah. So the government wanted to do a good thing mm-hmm. by raising pay for teachers, which is great. Yeah. Right? But then the implication of that is that government teachers are pay- getting paid way more than prep school teachers. So now all the prep schools have to raise their rates because now they have to match prep school fees to, I'm sorry, teacher salaries Mm. to what the teachers in the public schools are making. Mm -hmm. And now there are people who are saying, oh, um, that's a rich people problem, right? But you got to think about the impact of that on the wider society. If you have, first of all, it's not only a rich people problem. It's not only rich people who send their kids to prep school. Mm-hmm. I, I my, went to a prep school. I sent my daughter rich. to prep school and I def, I still not wealthy in the traditional <laughs> sense. But when I told you I had my daughter young yeah. at just 19. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, you know, making not a lot of money and I sacrificed mm-hmm. to send my child to prep school. As a matter of fact, the first semester, her dad promised me he would pay the school fee and then didn't come through and didn't pay the school fee. So I had to find it wow. and they took her out of school and it was a whole big thing. Thing. Wow. And so first of all, not every not every child in prep school is a rich student. But secondly, yeah. uh, you went to prep school. No personal testimonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Rich. So it's not only I a rich people problem. One morning on the bench. Well, secondly, <laughs> so so think about those parents who really were sacrificing mm-hmm. to send their ca- child to prep school. If all of them decide no that they can't afford it no more because it gone up by 50% mm. and I'm going to try put my child in public school. Does public school even have enough space mm-hmm. for all those kids? No, the public school going to be overcrowded and they're already overcrowded. So there are wider implications for mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. like I said, it started from the government trying to do a good thing, but then now we have all these ripple implications yeah. and it feel like the one step forward, two step back because yeah. now my school fee gone up and then Cost of living gone up, rent gone up, food gone up, rice gone up, gone up, <laughs> flour. Everything. Stepping up, stepping up. <laughs> Everything I raise. When I raise the price, I don't boom, boom, too. This is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Are you seeing it wrong? Why not coming to me? But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the song says. Look it up. Yeah, I have to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so people have to find other ways to make money, right? Mm. It's not the same as when our parents were our age. Because I always feel like, gosh, my parents were so far, farther along in life right? than I was at the my same age. My mom owned a house. My parents were homeowners. They seemed, they were middle class. They're doing well. And I'm here struggling, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the reasons for that is people get married a lot later in life. My mom got married at 19. I got married at 35. Wow. So you have all those extra years where you're not combining incomes and increasing your economic power. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the cost of living gone up by X amount. Salaries have not gone up by the same amount. The cost of owning a home has increased dramatically compared to back then. Yep. Uh, the the ratio between your income to salary has gone up. So income has gone up by this much, but houses prices have gone up by this much, right? So there are all these different factors that we blame ourselves for not being where we should be in life. And our parents said, oh, all we had to do was just save our money. Go to school, get an education. The people in in that generation said, oh, just don't drink so much Starbucks and you can (laughs) save your money. And they don't realize that the problem is way, way, way bigger than that. There's way, way more than just not drinking Starbucks Mm -hmm. anymore. The economy is completely different than it was 20, 30 years ago. So we need different strategies in order to succeed in today's economy. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to invest. We have to learn how to make our money work for us we have to become owners of assets the wealthy people have always known this Mm. we in the proletariat just never know Mm -hmm. so now we need to learn the secrets of the wealthy and apply them to our everyday lives so that you know we can and it's not it's not even just survive it's not really hard to to invest that's what i realize more and more it's like it's not difficult like if you have enough money to buy quote-unquote starbucks it's the same or equivalent to opening up yeah most stocks on the jamaica stock exchange cost less than 100 jmd yeah the vast majority of them Mm -hmm. cost less than 100 jamaican dollars to buy one share and you just buy and if you buy one that's that can help grow your exactly start somewhere but you're saying that we're is we have the capable we're not like the worst the economy isn't the worst or you know it's a lot better than it used to be Mm -hmm. i can tell you that for a fact i mean you look around and you see development you see buildings being built you see you know construction and Mm -hmm. you know you physically see changes from Mm -hmm. when i came here in 2008 to now in 2023 the place physically looks different Mm -hmm. and looks better and there are people who are going to say oh khalila jlp I did not even grow up here. I mean, I have no, you are dressed in green have, too. So. This is a military this is money, green. Money, money, money colors. Money, Jenna. I wear military green and, and money green. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I did not grow up here. I have no political affiliation. Mm-hmm. No party never done nothing for my parents, my family. Yeah. No, no party never sent me to school, nothing like that. So, mm-hmm. so no. But, um, but I do believe there have been improvements because I can't even think where we were when coming out of the IMF agreement, where we were 2012, when the last IMF agreement mm. ended, mm-hmm. compared to where we are now. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, on the street every day, the inflation is the big problem. Yeah. The cost of living just going up. So we can see where we're coming from. The macroeconomic factors have improved. Yeah. But on the ground, have things improved? And I that's, think, that's where the discrepancy is. And I think yeah. that's it too. When you hear the prime minister talk about, yeah, unemployment has gone down. Yeah, da, 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 da. We're like, how many people really feel it or even like even care about that when, especially the butt bottom line yeah we're not feeling it or we don't see those benefits in our in our everyday life i know my personal life has improved Mm -hmm. but i also know why it's improved because i learned how to invest i became an owner i became an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. i started investing in asset classes to Mm -hmm. make my money grow so if you want your personal life to improve you gotta start doing these things Mm -hmm. too because if you're just depending on savings alone you will never get there true true Mm. give thanks for passing through kalela you you have a, a a what is it with Michael Leachin right now? Yeah, is it a mentorship thing? A yeah. mentorship program, mm-hmm. okay. right. So it's every three months, and we just did the first one last week. 
So he came on and he mentored 10 people. Yeah. It was, they had 10 minutes each with him, which okay. at first yeah. thought you're like, mm, that's not a lot of time. What can you do? Two but hours. it actually turned into like, they got valuable information yeah. in mm. that time. Mm -hmm. Like if you were struggling with a decision in your life, somebody asked about, they inherited a plot of land from their father who recently passed away. And they're like, what should I do with this land? Should I build a whatever on it or should i just you know rent out a house or what should i do and they asked him for that type of advice mm -hmm. and he was able to to give them some advice on what they should do well how you connected with him though because i know he had some ownership in cvm so i was wondering if that was how the relationship built or no so my producer called the whole of kingston <laughs> <laughs> trying to because well we, i have a long career in media so yeah. we do have a lot of contacts yeah. in the industry and so she just called her own called her own call until she found somebody who had his number and and he agreed to come on the show mm. which and was it, it's fortunate nice though because most people most people like i guess with his net worth <laughs> probably you know busy and not really yeah. want to do that and, and i think sometimes i'm thinking is there a disconnect with him and the country and only certain people get access to him but for him to make himself available to i mean pretty much everybody yeah i mean that, so that how means, the mentorship program yeah. came about so i said my producer call her own because everybody's talking about ncb for the past few months and mm -hmm. we said we have to get him on the show he came on the show on taking stock and then our show is live and so people, we often take questions from the audience mm -hmm. and somebody in the audience asked him if he would mentor, mm. uh, if he would provide mentorship. Yeah. And I asked him the question and he said, yes. Oh. So I was like, okay. He said, if, if you, Kalila, organize it, I will come. Okay. So I'm like, bet. <laughs> so you, <laughs> so first so time that's I ever used that word. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you kind of got the idea where it could be a every three months thing a, 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 where you get a, several different people, really. So I called him and I'm like, okay, so how do you want to do this? I, I don't remember whose idea it was for it to be every three months. It might have been his idea, actually. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't remember specifically. But just so every three months? Just for one year. Every... So he's going to do it for one year every three months. Is so it the same people? So that's no. four sessions. No, no different people. Because his objective, he says he wants to reach uh, the, a, major, a large amount of people. Yeah. That's his objective, to mm -hmm. be able to help a large amount of people hmm. so we're like because at first we we're saying oh should it be like an in-person a one-on-one -on -one thing mm -hmm. um in order to increase the impact on the individual mm -hmm. he's like no i want everybody to be able to benefit from this i want a lot of people to watch mm -hmm. so i said okay we'll select pre-select the people and then make it live on youtube okay because youtube is democratic yeah. anybody yeah. can watch mm -hmm. and i mean when 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 you listen to him I'm, I'm sure you spoke with him um well you did an interview with him prior but like and even during this like you've learned did you learn anything new from him and Kaya, like, 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 whole like what what you personally took away from especially in the mentorship so it's one of the things so there are many things he off i realize that he says the same thing over and over a lot because mm -hmm. he's clearly thought about all these principles over several years mm -hmm. and yeah. he's developed a set of guiding principles mm -hmm. so many times people ask him things and he comes right back to the guiding principles and one of them that he said on the night of the mentorship he said it before but for some reason it stuck with me uh the night of the mentorship program he said think about what is the highest level of value you can provide somebody mm. so value. they're saying i think the question was something like how to get wealthy or something and he's like <laughs> what is the highest level of value you can provide to somebody and like and to the like, everyone that that, the, that probably come off as generic you know <laughs> fortune cookie wisdom <laughs> type things eh? 
Because most people go into business thinking, how can I make the most money? money. Mm-hmm. And especially in a sharp But he time, flipped eh? it. Mm-hmm. He was like, what is the highest level of value you can provide? Because once you provide value, once, you, once I give you, the customer, an extremely high level of value, mm-hmm. you're going to give me money. Mm-hmm. And you're going to come back and come back and come back and mm-hmm. always be happy to spend money with me. Yeah, true. So provide the high. And so I take that approach now um, with the Money Mission <laughs> community. Um, and I think, what is the highest level of value that I can provide to the members? What is it that the members want? It's not about me or it's not just about me being able to make money and monetize my audience and my yeah. community and i feel like you, i deserve to be paid by yeah. you no it's about how can i serve you at the highest level mm-hmm. and once i can provide that highest value i am going to be financially rewarded mm-hmm. and so that that was one that really stuck with I me i think the thing to what i what i learned is is like not to focus on trying to make a lot of like don't focus on making money like people who get rich like money is always seem to be the end result of what they do it's always like, like focus, a byproduct a byproduct mm-hmm. of what they do it's not their main goal and i think that's it when you service yeah providing yeah. value service yeah, yeah. that's true and thank Once you, you do that reynolds you, you provide money. a lot of service here too yeah uh-huh. a, lot to us, a lot of valuable service yeah yeah, yeah 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 oh the shirts out. Oh yes, let's get this money. Hey, hey. Let's get this merch. Yeah, Troy. <laughs> I mean, throw them on. We catch them. You got the right sizes. There you go. There go. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Funny. So merch. people can get merch. Where? Where? You have a. Yeah, so they can get it online, kalilareynolds.com slash store. Mm -hmm. They can get the merch. They can get those shirts there. Let's get this money. And it's gold too. Oh, before you guys go, you have to do it with me. You have to do the thing. Do the thing. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, let's come. Let's get this. Let's get this money. Thumbnail is Jeremy. <laughs> Wait, this for me like are you throwing on a stripper, uh, man? <laughs> what do you mean? No, that's the other way. <laughs> We're making it rain on hoes, yeah. You ever think, you ever think something like a taboo could be a, on an IPO? Like taboo, taboo nightclub? Yeah. You think you would Why have? not? Okay. Like if you're a regular patron of taboo, why not? own the company <laughs> <laughs> right because no, i don't do a lot of things like that, are they on like ipo listings like no i don't know who owns taboo so right. first of all you have to find out who owns taboo yeah so, so who owns taboo and then look for the company that owns it so many times you have companies that own multiple different businesses yeah, 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 yeah. so in the nightlife you have um that the kgl group one K- um yeah K- tracks and record yeah, yeah. Kingston Live Entertainment mm-hmm. KLE that's KLE what, yeah, sorry. yeah you have mm-hmm. KLE that own yeah tracks and records and owns I think they sold it to the French yeah. I remember mm-hmm. um, yeah so th- think who owns that company mm-hmm. whenever you're thinking about the investment who owns it like okay. I said with the water earlier mm-hmm. like hmm everybody buying Cran Water who own Cran Water who make this we think I'll make it. Mm, maybe I should buy some shares. For me, when Fontana listed, that was a big one. Because mm. I love Fontana. Yeah, love yeah, shop yeah. at Fontana. No brainer. Mm-hmm. And then they said in their prospectus that they were going to build the Waterloo branch. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm like, that's an amazing location. Mm-hmm. I already love this brand. They're building this huge mega branch. And now they're opening in, in Portmore. Portmore. Uh, no brainer. Mm-hmm. So I'm a customer. And now I, every time I spend at Fontana, get I get back my mo- I get back money in the mm-hmm. form of dividends. Mm-hmm. 
I just got, my husband and I just got two nice dividend checks from Fontana. <laughs> wow. What, what do they pay? Every month they pay dividends, right? No, not, right. it's whenever the board decides. Whenever the board so decides. So okay. it can vary. It can be quarterly. It can be every six months, every year, mm-hmm. or like NCB, every two years yeah. <laughs> or whenever. Just like I said, as we see with the NCB thing, we and can to, decide not to. If you yeah. know if a company good is if or is doing well is when they open an IPO. That's a, a gauge to like a per, small private company. So you're starting about the interview. No, I just <laughs> Yeah, is that last question? (laughs) (laughs) I just because no, the IPO is the first time a company lists on the stock exchange. Okay. So, so, so right count. now you can have, you have the fixed productions, mm-hmm. you're a private company. Mm-hmm. I can't just go and buy shares in the fixed productions. Mm-hmm. But if you were to list on the stock exchange, now I can just contact my broker and buy shares in the fixed productions. Okay. So the IPO is the first time you make it available to the public. Okay. No, I was just saying, is it, I was just wanting to know if it's a sign that the company is on its way to growing and being wanted to list it as an IPO or, you know. Not necessarily, but ideally, yes, because okay. I don't think anybody would want to list the company that's not doing well right if you're not doing well then no, who would want to buy the shares mm, okay. if you're not making a profit why would i buy your shares mm. okay and you depending on your risk profile <laughs> tell, uh, I, please, I just say like is tech, uh, is tech a good company to invest in like tech anything tech like in Jamaica? Are, yeah, like what are some of the good companies? To, there are not many tech companies yeah. in Jamaica. Uh, T-Tech is the only one I can think of off. Would you think Edifocal is a tech company? Edifocal is a tech yeah. company, yeah. I see that they were education and tech. And One-on-one is another one, mm-hmm. that education and tech. Um, yeah, it's not a big sector in Jamaica, but you'd have to examine each company individually. Mm-hmm. Globally, it is huge. Yeah. I think your biggest stocks, your Amazons, your Teslas, they're heavy on tech. Mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah, sorry, Meta. Meta. Yeah. yeah, they're big on you know, technology is a big part of, of what they do. Mm. Okay. Thanks right, again, Kalina. Guys, I need <laughs> to see you inside the Money Mission community. How we, yeah, how we get how a part, can of, be a part of, it. of it. Yeah, so go to moneymission.mn.co. Mm. I'm going to change that to an easier website to remember soon. Yeah. But for right now, it's moneymission.mn.co. Mm-hmm. And join the Money Mission community. You can learn how to invest. So we have several courses in there. We have investing for beginners. We have debt do over, which helps you to pay off your debt. Wow. You can okay. cut your debt by as much as half. Mm. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. How to pay off your credit cards. Uh, on how to start using debt to your advantage because there are rich people use other people money. Michael Leachin always says that. <laughs> we also have real estate investing for beginners. Mm-hmm. We have, what a premium course do we have? Uh, build your budget, which is we do that every three months. We help people with their budgeting process. And uh, we also do Ask Kalila. So you guys can, every three weeks or four weeks or so, I host an Ask Kalila session where people can come in and ask me questions and get mentored by me. Okay. Um, so the highest level of value. You advised by you? <laughs> Not financial advice. <laughs> is there Not a financial how much advice? Is it or how much there are different plans. Mm-hmm. So you can buy a basic plan, which is $30 a month. Mm-hmm. But the best value is in the annual plan, which is $270 for the year because mm-hmm. you get three months free. Oh, wow. And also on the annual plan, you get access to everything. Mm. On the basic plan, you don't get access to every single thing. You get mm-hmm. access to some things because it's okay. only $30. I can't give you like yeah. the premium stuff for $30, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so the annual plan gives you the best value to all those premium courses that I mentioned and more. Okay. So that's it, guys. So tell him again, Money Mission. 
Yes. So moneymission.mn.co or you can just Google my name and you'll find it. And is it M as in man and N as in Nancy? Yes, it like that's it's, Okay, okay. M-N. Okay. Like as in money man, money. not as M-M. <laughs> <laughs> Money, man, yeah. Nancy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. There you go. Where can people follow you though on socials? I'm um, all over social media at Kalila Ray, K A L I L A H R E Y. If we Google Kalila Reynolds, everything it pops comes up. up pretty much. All my <laughs> socials, they're all the same. There you I'm go. at Kalila Ray everywhere Instagram, Twitter, threads, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of them everywhere. And merch is at KalinaReynolds.com. KalilaReynolds.com. Yes, there you go. Thank you for joining us, Miss Kalila. This was lovely. Thank you for taking Thanks the time for having out. Me. Very informative. You're just very militant. <laughs> like, yes, I'm the money general. Can we Jenna. get that jacket, though? Money general. Can we get that jacket on the no, website? Not status. at the moment. Oh, okay. It's going to be available for pre-order soon. Uh, okay. Because right now I'm looking into who can make it. And I found somebody who said they can make it at like a reasonable price. Produce. So. Yeah, yeah, it looked like you have to go up on our foreign company to do that stitching. Is that it? No, I got it stitched locally, actually. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Hmm. Well, I, I bought this jacket and got it stitched, but the, this jacket oh. is expensive. Ah. And I know people are not going to want to pay what I paid for this jacket. How much you pay for This was a marketing expense. This jacket was about 150 US. That's that's a pretty penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you got to yeah, stitch I know it. That, I know they wouldn't want to pay that, so I had to find like who can make you'd it be locally. Surprised. Yeah, you'd be, I was saying most yeah. people. Yeah. Because I paid it, so obviously yeah. there are people who would pay for yeah. it, mm-hmm. and especially if plus, it's worth it. Yeah. Plus, you have to pay the duty. Oh, <laughs> so it's like double. Yeah, because yeah. maybe the thing is you'd probably buy it mass. Like you yeah. would probably buy it mass, but you just have so to find you the pay the one fifty plus double as three hundred plus. I had to pay to get it stitched. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Miss right, Money Jenna. All right. She's <laughs> making a profit. All right, I found people. somebody who can make it affordably, so it will be available soon for pre order. Okay, there nice. we go. All right, people, give thanks again to our special guest, Kalila Reynolds, financial educator. Yeah, and journalist. <laughs> 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 I'll be gone. I'll eat that. Kiko.